0: Hi everyone,
1: it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 9th of May 2022. Uh, later we preview this week's US inflation data which could be another big one, expectations of an annual rate above 8% possibly. But first to the Australian banks which according to PwC posted a combined cash profit for the half year of 14.4 billion dollars, that's up 11%. But competition is tight and what now for the industry that interest rates are rising. For more, I spoke earlier with PwC's Sam Garland. Sam, firstly, how would you describe the way banks performed in the half year? So just how healthy are they and why?
2: Yeah, so for the first half of FY22, I'd characterise it as a strong, if a little bit uneven result, but also the cleanest result we've seen for a long time. And by clean, I mean a real lack of any large notables, which have been a feature of the result in the past. That's down to remediation, restructuring and the like, which really this half were non-existent, prior half, $1.8 billion since 2018,
1: $13.6 billion. Can you run through more of the clear themes, especially with the way they handled the pandemic? Sure. So look,
2: there's really three key themes in the result for the half. The first is that topic of notables. Um, so over the last five years, there's been about $13.5 billion of charges for remediation, restructuring, fixing the business and simplifying it. There was basically none of that in this half. So that had a big tailwind into the half. The second is Credit. Uh, So for the half, there was a $0.2 billion write-back of credit expenses, which really reflects a kind of the final, I would say, immediate adjustments post-COVID. So the credit outlook has not been as bad as we thought it might have been. And performance has actually improved during the half. And that allowed some kind of write-back within that. A typical half would be $1.5 to $1.8 billion of credit expense. And this half was $0.2 billion of benefit. The third item is balance sheet growth and margins. That's a very nuanced picture between banks, as you'd understand. Um, But overall, a 6.7% growth in lending assets across mortgages and business bank, but a nine basis point reduction in margins to 1.75% across all of the four. That represents the lowest margin that we can certainly find on records um, and clearly
1: brings into sharp focus the rising rate environment and the outlook. Can we go into that in more detail? So we're now both in a rising inflationary environment, a rising interest rate environment. What does this now mean for the banks and the challenges and I guess opportunities going forward?
2: Yeah, sure. So there's a few things to say of that. I mean, the first is that the banks are not immune to inflation themselves. Um, and so a big focus of the commentary has been on the cost basis and the trends on that. Costs were down a touch for the half, but every bank talked about the pressure they're feeling around workforce, attracting talent and inflationary pressures. So cost is going to be a really big focus for the banks as they move out of this half, particularly because of inflation. I think with rising rates, look, it's a funny thing to say it, but for many of us, certainly me. I've never lived through an environment of inflation and rising rates, and many customers and even bankers haven't either. So it's in some ways kind of uncharted territory in recent memory. For the banks, they've been cautious to manage expectations around the impact on margins of rising rates. The reason for that is generally it comes through a bit slowly, but also it is fiercely competitive, particularly in mortgages, where the majors actually were outgrown by three of the non-majors during the half. And then the final thing to say is with rising rates, property prices, you know, customer repayment ability, banks are pretty relaxed about that right now. They've all called out the stress testing that they've done to analyse the risk of that. And look, they're probably more concerned about potential unemployment rather than asset prices in the short term.
1: So in other words, just because rates are rising, it's not necessarily a really good thing for the banks right now because it's going to take some time to flow through and there's, there's so much competition out there. Is that right?
2: That's right. I think, you know, you can reasonably expect that in a rising rate environment, it's good for bank margins. I just think it will be a bit slower and the banks have been careful to manage expectations on that, just given the extent of competition.
1: And just finally, a lot of attention over the past few years about uh, the greener world, the world of decarbonisation. How will the banks navigate this? And is it something that stakeholders are really demanding?
2: Yeah, sure. So look, I personally and we see this as a huge opportunity for the banks, but it's moving very, very fast and it's coming um, firmly into view. So on the topic of stakeholders, I mean, if you look at the investor um, community and what they're asking of these listed entities, there's not really one that isn't having a firm focus on ESG and particularly climate credentials of the banks and the steps that they're taking both to manage their own footprint, their direct footprint, but also to help their customers transition I think it's a huge growth opportunity. We're going to see a massive rebalancing or reorientation of the Australian economy over the next five to 10 years because of net zero commitments. Banks provide finance. Banks provide guidance to their customers through big changes. There's none bigger than this, in my view. And so for the banks, I think this is a massive opportunity, but they've got to get ready
1: for it. Sam Garland there from PwC and the Australian share market fell today. The S&P 7,120, that's down 1.2%. Uh, Westpac was a standout going up, though, so about 3%. Uh, for more, I spoke earlier with George Babouros from K2 Asset Management and also to take a closer look at what the environment now means for banks and for bank
0: investors. A uh, number of things, uh, Ricardo. A lot of headwinds from global markets. Uh, following the month of April, it's continuing into May, higher rate environment uh, from the US Federal Reserve, uh, the UK, Australia now joining that as well uh, to deal with inflation uh, and a number of other issues with quantitative tightening uh, and there's this desynchronisation of uh, growth going on where Europe uh, is approaching recessionary scenarios where the, other, the rest of the world have got uh, reasonable growth rates. So a number of concerns uh, for financial markets to try and build expectations going forward so they can start pricing in uh, what's the correct valuation uh, and that will persist uh, throughout the month of May.
1: Would it be fair to say that the US inflation numbers out later this week will be one of the key things to watch? Just how will it feed through to markets, do you think?
0: Without a doubt. So uh, we're looking and obviously the biggest economy in the world, the Federal Reserve's looking at it. They're having an aggressive rate hike cycle, but this inflation number this week is quite critical. Uh, They really need anything with a seven handle means uh, inflation is increasing at a decreasing rate. We are all looking for it to roll over. That's what the higher rate uh, environment is at the moment. That's what we're trying to price in. But the market is looking for that guidance, Uh, but the US economy is quite robust and strong. Uh, and that higher rate aggressive cycle coming is to slow that down and to address again this uh, high inflation problem that's been with us for nearly a year.
1: Westpac 3.1 billion dollar interim cash profit today wrapping up the bank reporting season of the half
0: year what do you make of it? Yes. Yeah so Westpac um, is the 3.1 billion that's ahead of expectation but they've done very well is the cost cutting they're ahead of schedule on their cost cutting uh their ratios aren't as uh, uh compelling as the other banks uh, but this is a good result for westpac they've really been dealing with a lot of things particularly coming out of bt financial group that cost them a little bit of money that funds management and fund to fund business uh, and they've got that multi-brand as well so uh, bank of melbourne bank sa st george bank so they, they've got a lot to offer out there but it's a higher cost structure but this result uh, was ahead of expectation the stock is up on the day and it's a good result and more broadly uh, financial services and diverse financial, but particularly the banks, benefit in raising on a high interest rate environment, just like US banks are benefiting from a higher rate environment. The Australian banks would also benefit. Their margins will improve or an opportunity to improve. Then net interest margins is what we look for. And uh, so higher mortgage rates, uh, a better margin environment uh, for the banks going forward. But uh, again, um, uh, Westpac, great result today. NAB is the, the standing uh, highlight to the best of the big four with their results, and they're progressing very
1: well. So now that we've heard of the big four, like you mentioned, are there opportunities in the sector?
0: Yes, our opportunities for the sector, again, NAB is the one that's been doing it very well. Their margins are good and uh, they're a good business bank as well. CBA are the larger one and they seem to do uh, reasonably well, that's the the standard. Again, Westpac the surprise, ANZ is trailing, trying to catch up, but we take a step back and our big preference is the investment bank, uh, Macquarie Bank, that's effectively a global investment bank that is positioned very well for global earnings growth with a with high US rates as well.
1: Finally, so in this rising interest rate environment, are there any areas of interest in the market for you? So, and how are you playing it?
0: Yeah, so the way we uh, as active fund managers play it is uh, we like financials and diversified financials that benefit from rising rate environment. We also uh, like commodities right across the board. Uh, that's bulk commodities and metals uh, and energy, and they're also going to be the beneficiaries of ESG uh, investing as well. But they tend to do well in aggregate those earnings before a rate cycle and at the early stages of rate hike cycle, so the commodity area is a big overweight that we have. And that cushions the Australian uh, economy as well, as well as the Canadian economy. Economy, parts of uh, Indonesia, for example, and uh, South Africa. So, commodity economies are going to be the beneficiaries uh, going forward of that uh, that, that powerful tail uh, tailwind coming through the demand for commodities, the investment in commodities, and again, the ESG transition requires the commodity sector.
1: George Babura is there from K2 Asset Management.